from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like my date with the president's daughter and the cheetah girls movies together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen so kick back grab your popcorn and join us listen to magical rewind on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts brought to you by state farm like a good neighbor state farm is there The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. On this episode of Newt's World, we have a really fascinating series of questions and comments from the members of our inner circle. I think you're going to find it very fascinating, and you're going to find we cover the waterfront, a wide range of issues and topics, and some really smart people joined in, including my dear friend, former Governor John Engler of Michigan. We've got great questions. This question is from Maureen, who lives in Ohio, and she says she's seeing many people lose positions and jobs in the community due to their political affiliation. How feasible would it be to get the words, quote, political affiliation, end quote, added to the Civil Rights Act of 1964? Well, it might be very hard to do. We're faced right now with a really totalitarian effort to punish anybody who is not prepared to say exactly what the left wants you to say. And that should be illegal. You should not be able to be driven from public life by that kind of activity. So I think at a minimum, proposing it and having the argument about it is a very good step in the right direction. Linda asks, she sees new PACs being formed. What questions should she ask of a PAC before giving her money? She should ask two questions. What is its purpose? And what percent of the money it's receiving is it actually spending on that purpose rather than overhead? We learned, for example, with the Lincoln Project, which was the hate Trump group of Republican professionals, that when they collapsed, 
after there were very serious charges about one of their founders preying upon young men. When they collapsed, it turned out a very high percentage of the money that they raised basically went to pay the founders, didn't go to any effective use. And I think that's one of the great problems. So I would say always ask, what are you trying to accomplish? And what percent of the money you raise are you spending on that? And what percent are you spending on overhead? And if they have very much spent on overhead, I wouldn't give to it. Donnie wants to know if you think President Trump should run for another term in 2024, or do you think it would be more beneficial if he would become more of a kingmaker and endorse someone like a Ron DeSantis or a Christy Noem? I must say, first of all, that I'm a big fan of Ron DeSantis, and I'm a big fan of Christy Noem. So both of them, in my mind, would be great future national candidates. I think we should not worry about 2024. I've been talking with Governor Haley Barber, who was the Republican National Committee chair when we had the contract with America and won the House for the first time in 40 years. And Haley reminded me, we should say to everybody, focus on 2022. And I hope whatever Trump wants to do in the future, that he will spend a lot of time this year and next year focusing on regaining control of the Senate and gaining control of the House. It's going to be very possible, but we don't need to have some kind of Republican competition for 2024 until we finish winning 2022. So my advice would be, we can think about Trump's future in early 2023. He's obviously the biggest single player in the Republican Party, but he's not the only player. And nobody should assume that we're going to be defined solely by the former president, even though he is clearly the most powerful single person. But I look at somebody like a Ron DeSantis, I'm just really I'm so impressed with the job he's done. I look at the courage and clarity that Christy Nome brings to things. Well, I also look at a number of House members who, I mean, the least Stefanik, in my mind, is a future great leader for the country. So I think what's really impressive is we have a lot deeper bench than the left does. Their two biggest governors are both in trouble. The governor of California is under recall petition. The governor of New York may well be impeached or indicted. I kind of like where we're going in the long run better than where they are. Karen listened to your Newt's World podcast interview with Stephen Miller and loved it. And she wants to know how we would implement his idea to counter the radical left agenda by having many conservative voices speaking out at the same time against radical policies, since it's more difficult to silence all of them. Well, you know, it may well be, and I haven't thought about this, although I thought Stephen was very good. He's a very smart guy. And I thought it was a very, very good podcast. But it may well be that what we should consider doing is having sort of a nationwide pick a date, maybe the 4th of July is our national holiday, and have the maximum number of people all over the country speaking out against the woke left and the craziness of the left and collectively making enough noise that it becomes almost the cultural parallel to what the Tea Party movement did in 2009. Remember, Tea Party movement was entirely grassroots. It was spontaneous. I remember at the time going out and seeing these groups, and I mean, they were just people who got together, but they changed history. We picked up 63 House seats in 2010, many governorships, many legislative seats. So I think there's a real opportunity to have an impact on this. Paul wants your opinion on the speed of development of biological warfare by our enemies. 
these countries are learning a lot of how we handled or mishandled the pandemic, and it would seem easier and less expensive than nuclear weapons or large armies. Biological warfare is an enormous problem. Years ago, I was part of the Center for Health Transformation, and we actually had biological warfare demonstrations to see how dangerous it was and how rapidly it could spread. I also, for a while, was one of the editors of the Journal of Biological Warfare, which is published at the time at Johns Hopkins. I think it is a very real problem. But frankly, I think that the government bureaucracies were so incompetent over the last year that we really ought to have a very deep, serious overhaul of our entire public health system and recognize that we are really incapable today of coping with a major biological problem. Rob asked, was timing an influencer on the success of the contract with America? And if so, are we going to see another opportunity like that in our lifetime? Yeah, I think we could actually have one in 2022. And I think that Kevin McCarthy is certainly moving in that direction. He developed a commitment to America last year that beat all the expectations. Remember, all the so-called establishment experts thought Pelosi was going to gain 15 seats. Instead, I think she lost 11. They now have the smallest margin for the Democrats, I think, in over 100 years. They're down to only a five-seat margin. I think that there should be a positive thing next year. It actually wasn't particularly clever timing. I lost twice in 74 during Watergate and in 76 with Jimmy Carter of Georgia at the head of the ticket, which made it really hard for a Georgia Republican. I finally won in 78. And in December of 78, I said to the Republican leadership, we've been in the minority for 24 years. Shouldn't we have a plan to get to be a majority? And they said, that's a terrific idea. Why don't you chair the planning committee? So before I was sworn in, in December of 78, I became the chairman of a planning committee to become a majority. Now, remember, we lost in 80, 82, 84, 86, 88, 90, and 92. So we only won after 16 additional years of work. So I'm not a big fan of trying to figure out some kind of magic moment. I'm in favor of just brute persistence. You keep going for it, and eventually you break through. Rob has another question. What are the top three most important things the Republican Party should do right now for the upcoming 2022 elections and 2024? The number one thing they should do is focus on the disaster of American education. I've said publicly, the teachers unions are the best allies the Chinese have. They're placing their own interests ahead of the children means that we have a generation of kids who are not going to be prepared to compete with China. It is an absolute catastrophe. And we should be on the side of the parents and the children and favor very dramatic and very deep reforms, giving parents the choice across the whole country. That's the first thing. The second thing I would focus on is the degree to which the left's confusion about criminals and the police is leading to a disaster, whether the disaster is on the border or the disaster is in Chicago or the disasters in New York, we had the largest increase in murders in the United States in modern history in the last 12 months. And the reason is really simple. You have a movement which thinks it's totally protected and which goes around attacking the police 
and vilifying the police and smearing the police and calling for defunding them, you create a level of collapsing morale, which makes protecting people almost impossible. And I think this will become a much bigger issue. I just saw a brutal article about what's happening in Minneapolis. And in fact, I'm going to tweet it out because I thought it was so powerful. And I just think that it's very important for us to realize that we are faced with a crisis there. And then third is back to creating jobs and particularly creating small business. This year has been a disaster for the American economy. We're not going to be able to compete with China if they grow and we sit around achieving nothing, trying to pay off the unions and the politicians and the bureaucrats. And so we ought to become the party of education, the party of safety, and the party of jobs. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. George wants to know, what laws did President Trump break that the mob wanted to impeach him for and not because of any of his so-called faults? He wants to know what he actually did that put him up for impeachment. 
I think that has it exactly backwards. The mob on the left knew they wanted to impeach Trump. Berea, the head of the Soviet secret police, once said to Stalin, show me the man and I'll find the crime. And I think that's what you had. The left began talking about impeaching Trump in 2016. There was an article in the Washington Post about impeaching Trump on the day he was sworn in, on January 20th, 2017. On the day after that, there was a huge mob in the mall, and you had people saying that they dreamed of the White House being blown up with Trump in it. So all along, you've had this desperation on the left to destroy Trump. And frankly, I find it very strange that after all this talk and all these hearings, et cetera, we still don't know why the officer died. And I just read an article an hour ago that the autopsy has still not been released. And so I think we really have to look carefully at what was going on, what happened. I believe, with the singular exception of that policeman, everybody else who died was pro-Trump. And they didn't die from violence. I think most of them died from a heart attack or a stroke. The one person who died from violence was a Trump volunteer who was unarmed, who was shot by a policeman. On the left, they just make up whatever they want to make up. And they just repeat it very much like the Soviets or the Chinese communists under Mao or Goebbels and the Third Reich. You know, if you repeat the big lie long enough, some people will believe it. I'm certain he did nothing that was impeachable on that particular day. You can argue about his language. You can argue about the degree of stubbornness that he showed in arguing for the election results. I don't think you can argue that he was directly responsible for any crime on the 6th of January. Beverly from Georgia asks, why are teachers and bus drivers being paid while not working? She never got a paycheck by an employer if she didn't go to work. If teachers didn't get a paycheck, they would put more effort into getting back in the classrooms. I agree entirely. I think this game by which the teachers union wants more money while no one goes to work and while the children are deserted and abandoned, I think this is a terrible situation. And I feel that way about any aspect of government. If you're not doing your job, you shouldn't get paid, period. Elliot from Texas has an idea. What do you think is the viability of creating a natural gas filling station network across the U.S. along interstate highways as a practical and meaningful way to utilize the vast reservoirs of natural gas throughout our nation? It would be an infrastructure boom and would bring the resources of the federal government and the capitalistic spirit of private business. Is there any chance of something like that working? Well, it's possible, but I think one of the great geniuses of the free enterprise system is that it's constantly evolving. It's constantly testing out ideas. I mean, nobody would have thought 25 years ago that you'd be on the edge of having as many different electric vehicles as we're now going to have. Uh, Nobody would have thought 20 years ago that it'd be practical for some of them to be autonomous, but that's going to happen. I have very good friends who believe passionately in hydrogen, for example, and who believe that fuel cells are the future. I have other friends who believe natural gas, which we do have a huge amount, is the future. Obviously, Elon Musk and others believe that electric vehicles are the future. The one thing that's pretty clear is it's not going to be 30 years from now, the traditional internal combustion engine. It'll be something very different and probably something much simpler to build and to run. 
Walter wants to know if you think Biden is in violation of his oath of office. He, without need and without the approval of Congress, shut down the pipeline, raised taxes, changed trade deals, and opened the southern border, which is allowing diseases, drugs, MS-13, and human trafficking, and a whole bunch of other crimes. What he's done is a lot worse, in his opinion, than what President Trump is accused of. Did he violate anything? Well, I don't know if he violated anything. Clearly, in some cases, he may have written an executive order which changed the law, which you're not allowed to do. You're allowed to write executive orders to implement the law. In those cases, I suspect they'll end up in court. The, the Attorney General of Texas, for example, filed a lawsuit within 24 hours over some of these issues. I think it's probably more accurate right now to say that Biden has been unwise than to necessarily say he's been illegal. And I think that's part of the purpose of politics is to fight out between the two sides and to see what the results are. If the results turn out to be as bad as I think they will, he will resemble Jimmy Carter. I think we will have an amazing 2022 and a remarkable 2024. Matt asks, do you think congressional members should vote their conscience or the desire of the majority of their constituents? I think on anything which truly matters, they should always vote their conscience. And I think that at that point, they should be in a position where they have to go home and explain it. If you believe, having worked full-time, having studied the issue, that in your judgment, something is A rather than B, then you should vote that, but then you should recognize you have the obligation to go home and explain yourself and appear before your constituents so they can then render judgment. Okay, our favorite question that we get asked all the time, this one's from John and Arlene, any updates on the Durham report? (laughs) No, (laughs) you know, I always find it interesting that if it's somebody on the right, it's page one in the New York Times and the Washington Post, if it's somebody on the left, then it's a totally different situation. Somehow, I never understood, for example, how Hillary Clinton could eliminate 30-some thousand emails and wasn't considered obstruction, or how she could have a staff member take a hammer and literally physically destroy the hard drives, but that wasn't obstruction. It's one of the weirder parts of the way America operates right now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Everyone talks about all the different changes that you could possibly make, but it seems to me that the fundamental problem is that the government is just too darn large. I mean, they are involved in every aspect of society now. And President Trump made the point about trying to drain the swamp. But I don't see any chance of that ever happening if you continue to throw literally hundreds of billions and trillions of dollars to them. So I wonder whether or not we need another contract with America that really revolves around the question of really shrinking the size of government in a real meaningful manner. Well, I think you're exactly right. And I think, you know, when I was speaker, we did pass welfare reform, which very significantly changed the impact of government. We passed Medicare reform, Food and Drug Administration reform. We passed communications reform. And we balanced the federal budget for four straight years for the only time in your lifetime. I mean, I happen to believe that the government, not just the federal government, State governments, county governments, city governments, all of them are too big, too bureaucratic, too cumbersome, and all too often controlled by special interests. And I think we really need to grow a Republican Party dedicated to expanding freedom and limiting government. And I think after the mess this year, you'd find a lot of people in the country are prepared to get government under control. The question I had was basically, do you see a chance to work with President Biden on Chinese issues such as the treatment of the Uyghurs? Well, I think we'll find out. I just have co-authored an article calling for us to not participate in the Olympics in Beijing, but rather to argue for moving the Olympics out of China because it's so clearly a totalitarian dictatorship. And the things they're doing to the Uyghurs have been called genocide by former Secretary of State Pompeo. And in fact, the current new Secretary of State has said publicly he agrees with Pompeo that we're watching genocide. Well, why would you participate in the Olympics in a country that's engaged in the concept of literally wiping out people that it doesn't agree with? 
So I think that is an example. I can't tell right now how the Biden administration is going to behave. In some areas, they've done some very pro-Chinese communist things. In other areas, they've been very tough. And I think the jury's still out. But I do think China is, as I wrote in a book called Trump versus China, I think China is the greatest challenge we have. And that inevitably, Biden will be forced to cope with the rising Chinese system. Speaker Gingrich, I'm from Atlanta, and I was absolutely shocked that we lost both Senate seats here. And I just wanted to get your take on how that happened, your assessment, and where we go from here. Obviously, we got another run in 2022, but unfortunately, we got Ossoff in for six years. Curious about your take on that. Three big things. First of all, we have to be serious about studying Stacey Abrams and what she did. I mean, she spent two solid years, raised millions of dollars, and just frankly beat us not only in getting people out to vote, but beat us legally in intimidating the governor and intimidating the people who were around the Secretary of State so that they signed a consent agreement that made it impossible to accurately track who was voting by absentee. So first, there's that issue. Second, I think that a substantial number of Trump supporters, particularly in Northwest Georgia, got very upset by the degree to which the governor and the secretary of state and others were not fighting for the president. And I think that they stayed home. Third, I said at the time, when President Trump came out for a $2,000 additional payment, unless the Senate moved that, it was going to cost us those two seats because people who are marginally very close to conservative, but they don't have much money, and $2,000 to them is a lot of money, and they didn't understand it. They had a president who wanted it done. The two Democrats, of course, ran around gleefully saying, vote for us and we'll get it done. I think it's the biggest mistake McConnell has made maybe in his entire career. And I said at the time, this is not armchair quarterbacking. I said, as soon as it started, I tweeted and said, if the Senate Republicans don't pass this, they're going to lose control of the Senate. And I think that's what happened. Our next question is from Governor John Engler. John, I'm a little bit of a state of shock hearing from you. Everybody else should know, John actually invented the GOPAC training tape program when he was the Senate minority leader in Michigan. And he went on to become one of the greatest reform governors of our time and is a very, very close personal friend. I'm a little shocked here to <laughs> be seeing Governor Engler, but the floor is now yours, Governor. Newt, this has been terrific, and I really appreciate the discussion and appreciate what you're doing to help lead us back from where we are today. And I want to second the idea that 2022 has to be the complete sole focus for now. And anybody who's interested in 2024 should show how interested they are by working round the clock for 2022. One of the things that's concerned me, if we look across the state, that we're up against an array of well-funded groups on the left who have full-time employees working, including, I mentioned the teachers a bit ago. I mean, many teachers' unions have people employed by the schools full-time jobs working for the union. And often that means organizing in the community. 
environmental groups and on and on the list goes. We've got kind of a volunteer army out there at the state and local level. And I'm just curious, dude, if you've thought about what did the party structure, how do we use it or how do we make it usable? Because candidates running for Congress or even the Senate almost kind of start on their own and have to build everything from scratch every time. To build on that, John, I think, first of all, we should recognize there are 24 states where we control both branches of the legislature and the governor. And those states should become models of government reform and models of fixing what's going on. Second, we do need to think about some new organizational structures. Win red is really important. We're playing catch up with the Democrats who moved to raising money on the internet much earlier than we did and build a machine that raises far more money than we do, but WinRed is beginning to catch up. And third, as, as you'll remember, John, we created at GOPAC a training program that ultimately had some 75,000 people getting audio tapes every month. And I think we need to go back to that kind of educational involvement so that there's a cadre that's committed to the team and committed to the values of the team, not just individual candidates. Hi, Mr. Speaker. How about Nikki Haley? What do you think about Nikki Haley? I think Nikki Haley is terrific. I think she's one of the people who ought to be out there on the road for the next two years helping elect candidates. I think that she has a big role to play. I thought she was great as the ambassador of the United Nations. When Callista was the ambassador of the Vatican, she did a number of things with Nikki and uh, felt that Nikki did a good job. I thought Nikki was a good reform governor in South Carolina. I would encourage her to not worry about the presidency till January of 2023. She can be a huge asset around the country, helping elect people over the next two years. And that's gotta be job one. Let's see if we can't regain the Senate, gain the House, and be on offense about ideas by January 1st of 2023. But I do wanna thank all of you for being involved. It is an enormous help to me. And if you think this is a useful thing, I would encourage you to let your friends know that they can join the Inner Circle. And in addition, of course, at Gingrich 360, we do three newsletters a week. We try to evolve and we have podcasts that are available regularly for free. And so we're trying to communicate with the widest possible range. I do appreciate all of you being involved. Thank you very, very much. Thank you to the members of my Inner Circle Club. You can learn more about the Inner Circle and sign up at newtsinnercircle.com. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.